I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Podcast. This is Brian, as always, joined by Brad and John. Going to talk about some Lions, Panthers, some cat on cat action. How you guys doing, Brad? How are you? I'm doing great. I do think there's a small error in your introduction. It's not as always because you weren't here last week. True. <laughs> we had to do the show without you, and we felt lost. I'm so sorry. There was a lot of just like we don't know what to talk about now because we don't have anybody. Yeah, we didn't have anybody to bounce. Yeah, we we were like a ship without a sail. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Didn't realize we actually didn't even talk about sports. I mean, we've talked about. I mean, we did devote an entire episode to talking about Tiger King. So I think at this point, everybody did that. Yeah, that doesn't count. Did did everybody do that? I don't. Oh, everybody did. Yeah, I'm sure everybody everybody did. did. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't. I really don't count as a sport in March. Or April, whatever that was. I guess that's fair. I guess at the time, but I don't. I, I don't feel like I remember hearing about any other uh, NFL SB Nation site talking about Tiger King for a whole hour or so. I felt like that was a. I don't remember the SB Nation idea. sites, but no, every, like every podcast talked about Tiger King. We were not original idea. That was not an original idea. Well, fine then. It was still fun. <laughs> Speaking fine of tigers, then. what about the Panthers and the Lions? Speaking of of cats, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a shocking game. Brad and yeah. I went over it a little bit. Um, so, John, you can you can give us your thoughts. But yeah, the that that was a that was an interesting uh, interesting game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where we just went from like, hey, uh, let's not play defense to let's just play the best defense. Um, not only did we shut out the Lions, we got five sacks, basically like doubling our sack total for the season. Yeah. Uh, and we limited them to 185 yards of offense. And the Lions, as horrendously coached as they are, are the most average offense you could possibly be. Like, they were, I think by DVOA, they're like 16th in uh, passing, 16th in running, and 14th total. So they're super average on offense. Yeah, and I was laughing somehow... my ass off at that when I read the uh, the de- the uh, defensive preview. Yeah, <laughs> they have, like everything. I'm like looking for stats that stand out, and nothing stood out. Everything was ranked between like 12 and 18. Just everything I looked at, like third down conversion rate, pass like pass rating, uh, yards per attempt, everything. They're just average until they played the Panthers, in which they became the Jets. Well, to be fair, we do have to consider Kenny Galladay didn't play. DeAndre Swift didn't play. 
they they were without um, their other guy, the the white receiver. Um, oh, Danny Amendola. Danny Amendola. Yeah, he didn't play. Uh, I can't believe we're talking about Danny Danny Amendola still to this day as yeah, someone in offense. I know, I know. Um, but you know, they were without two really big offensive playmakers, and for some reason, they insisted on using Adrian Peterson instead of carry on Johnson. I still don't know why, but you know, I, I didn't, I didn't expect us to shut them out. Like I, I thought maybe we would, we would have a shot at winning like 20 to 17 or something, but they just, they played awful. Like that was the question I was going to ask, which by the way, one other thing, worst third down defense in the NFL, the lines were three for 14 on third down. And I yeah, think two of those conversions more... were, were or one of the like, yeah, yeah. They punted more in this game than I think we had we had forced all year. Yeah, <laughs> by a lot. Something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, their their drives were punt, fumble, punt, 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 halftime, punt, punt, missed field goal, downs, downs. Yeah, and I think you would have expected the Panthers to. I don't know, not be as ahead as they were because they turned the ball over twice in the red zone. In yeah, he threw zone. two interceptions in the end zone, not the red zone, <laughs> the end zone. Yeah. And we still won 20 to nothing. Like, if the anything, Lions. P.J. Walker prevented us from beating the absolute crap out of them. I know. I, it, it won't happen because the Lions are still kind of in the hunt because they're four and six. But I feel like this is a game that's like a Matt Patricia gets fired game. And if you – that was uh, responsible for two coaches losing their job this year. Which yeah, they they the Lions absolutely quit on Matt Patricia on Sunday. Oh, the best part about all of it, other than uh, was getting the Lions to jump off sides on a fake punt. Yeah, or on a punt to get them to what we thought would be a first down, and the refs were like, "Nope, still fourth and inches," and we're like, "Okay, we'll just make them jump off sides again," and the Lions did it. It's like I don't know if I've ever seen teams a team do that twice. Yeah, I, I, that's exactly what I was about to bring up. Is they did that on purpose, and <laughs> like I told Brian son, on Sunday in the recap show, no one will ever convince me otherwise. <laughs> they did that intentionally, especially the second one, because they quit. Like they have quit on Matt Patricia. He has lost that team. It sure seems like it. So. Uh, I mean, hell, he lost them the first year. They fucking celebrated with mimosas in the locker room <laughs> after the last game when they went six and ten, and they said it was literally because they didn't have to be there on Monday. Yeah, like, oh my God. and that was that was his first year, and they were already tired of his shit. Like, you can't do the whole Patriot Way thing and go six and ten. It doesn't work. You have to win. You definitely can't do it when you go three and twelve and one either. Yeah, you can't do that. You have to win to do the Patriot way. And he's not winning. No. Yeah, then you're just being a hard ass to be a hard ass at that point. Yeah, Nobody likes exactly. that. And like he's the kind of guy that makes you practice in the snow with like short sleeves on just because it toughens you up. Like, uh, and then when you have an upcoming game in a dome. Yeah, and yeah, something. and your next game is in a dome. That's the kind of shit he does, and it doesn't work on grown men. No, you Especially can do not that grown in men doing this for doing this for their profession, where they could yeah. go anywhere else most of the time. Uh, the only other thing I had to say was, um, 
I think PJ Walker deserves a little shout out. Not that you know it wasn't perfect. I like watching him push the ball down the field. I will say I I did enjoy his mistakes were more entertaining to watch than Teddy Bridgewater's mistakes. It felt like there was a risk reward thing and not just a mistake. Yeah, like I would rather see him throw an interception in the end zone, like the first one where he just, he should have thrown it over and he threw it under Mm. than throwing it five yards on third and 17. Like I I would rather see what PJ Walker did because he was entertaining to watch. I still don't know what he was trying to do on that second interception. Uh, I, I, I don't know if, if the receiver was supposed to go right and the receiver went left or if PJ was supposed to throw it left and he threw it right. Like, I don't know who miscommunicated what, but there were no Panthers players in that area where he threw it. There were like two or three defenders just standing there. And I, you know, but like, like we said, I would rather see that than Teddy just not going for it. That's kind of an indicator that they're holding back their playbook a little bit because Teddy Bridgewater is the starting quarterback as well. Yeah, like the, with the downfield shots and stuff. Yeah. Particularly yeah. to DJ. So, by the way, speaking of that, um, I feel like DJ Moore came into the NFL as a slot receiver, like underneath guy. Um, he is third in the NFL in yards per catch. And the one one of the people ahead of him is Mark Wesvaldo Scantling. He only has 25 catches compared to DJ Moore's 46. Um, the only other person ahead of him is Justin Jefferson, who's just, just ridiculous. Switched. Yeah, that yeah. guy's insane. Which, <laughs> which we have to worry about. That we'll talk about more later because that he's on the, he's on the docket. For, uh, but yeah, uh, DJ Moore actually also good downfield threat. I do want to take a moment real quick before we go around the NFL. Uh, someone on Twitter told me that Curtis Samuel is or DJ Moore is more replaceable than Curtis Samuel, and I asked why, and I never got a response. I wanted to know if you guys had any. Uh, could think of any reason for that. The only argument, and I don't believe this, so I don't think I'm making this <laughs> argument. Okay, uh, I'm the biggest Curtis Samuel fan on this show. All right, because both of you hate him, <laughs> um, but I, I like him, so I'm by default I'm the I'm the biggest yes. Curtis Samuel fan. On I mean, the ever show. since I turned heel on him, he's been playing yeah, like crazy. It, Exactly. Yeah, Brian, you need to keep doing that. Um, yeah. Do it to Teddy. Uh, <laughs> but um, the only only argument you can make that would even come close to convincing me that that Curtis Samuel is more or is is more important is because mm-hmm. he can play both running back and wide receiver. But I think DJ Moore could probably do that, too. Like, I don't think, I think it's he, that hard. No, I think he could probably, I mean, without good, he is after the catch. I'm sure he could function as a running back if he needed him to. But, but yeah, I just, don't know. I don't know how well he could do it, like, being behind the quarterback and taking an actual handoff. Because I know we've seen what he can do on an end around. Because mm. he actually did that on Sunday and gained, like, 22 yards. Um, 21 or 22 yards. 21, yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't, he cannot throw the ball. Uh, <laughs> he cannot throw. That is, is that is his Achilles heel. When you want to do the halfback pass, DJ Moore <laughs> is not your guy. Um, but I I think the argument for Curtis is he is more gadgety, I guess would be the best word, because he did that in college too. But I even still, I would say no, DJ Moore is more important 
than Curtis Samuel. And I really like Curtis Samuel. Yeah. It was just wild to me to see that because like Curtis Samuel is having this big breakout season and he's on pace for like 675 yards receiving and nine yards a catch. Um, while DJ Moore is about to have his like back to back 1200 yard receiving seasons. And it's only, he's like 22 years old. Yeah. Now I will give Curtis Samuel credit for one thing. He is really good on third down. Yeah. We, we seem to like the Curtis Samuel third down thing. He's really good at finding the sticks on third down. And that's a, that's a, um, that's something you need. You need a guy who can just move the chains. Like it's an old school possession guy. Mm -hmm. And Curtis is a little more dynamic because he can also do other things. So I think he's, he has value there. But if you told me I had to choose between DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, and I can only keep one of them, I would take DJ Moore every time. I would hope everybody would say that. I would hope everybody right. would say that other than like <laughs> Curtis Samuel's family. Yeah. But, um, if we had to pick one son between yeah. DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, we would yeah, also pick DJ I Moore. Don't, I don't think there's anything that Curtis Samuel can do that DJ Moore cannot do. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, that was about all my thoughts from the Lions game. I know you guys talked about it for like half an hour on Sunday. So job I, Panthers. I feel bad for Lions fans. Cause I like, was actually, that's, that's what I've, I've literally been thinking about that the entire show. Like we, we brought up, um, this week, how lion or not lions Vikings fans are like at this point, just accustomed to pain. And I, re- and I realized after this game that I think lions fans are actually in a worse place than them. Yeah. yeah. Well, the lions fans probably came into this game. Like, well, all right, we should be able to beat this Panthers team. They've lost like five in a row we'll be able to put some points on the board we'll be able to move the ball and at least it'll be an entertaining game they're like wait what happened here yeah we can't we can't even get a we can't even get into the red zone apparently they didn't get into the red zone the yeah they game. didn't that's that's they were just they were awful the entire game i, I mean the only explanation because i don't think they're a bad team they have talent the ex the only explanation that makes sense to me is they just quit like they stopped giving a shit and they quit because you can't tell me that Matthew Stafford broken thumb or no broken thumb. There was only one bad snap the whole game. He fumbled it in the first half, but Matthew Stafford, uh, Adrian Peterson, carry on Johnson, Marvin uh, Jones and TJ Hawkinson. You can't tell me that that group can't get into the red zone. Yeah. Like I understand not scoring a lot of points because shit happens, but they didn't even get into the red zone. They had three opportunities to score, I think, or maybe only two. And I know the one um, touchdown they had was taken away by a penalty, which was hilarious. It, uh, and then you couldn't even be mad. Kick. Can't even be mad yeah. either because the player that scored the touchdown was the one that committed the penalty. So yeah, yeah. I mean it. But I, I just it to me the only explanation is they've they've given up. They're yeah. not buying what Matt Patricia is trying to sell. Probably for good reason. Probably for a good reason. Um, do you have anything else before I go real quick uh, around the NFL? Yeah, let's go around the NFL. Yeah, let's go around the NFL. Okay. I know what you want to talk about, and I want to talk about it too. Okay, we'll get to that one at the end. I want to go like I'll do the quick stuff first. Um, one, we've talked about this a couple times this year. Wants to reiterate, I feel so bad for Cam Newton. <laughs> he finally got out of Carolina, where he was asked to be. The, the entire offense uh, top to bottom. And he goes to new England Patriots and his best receivers are Jacoby Myers and Demir bird. 
behind an offensive line that can't pass block. Yeah, the only difference between him now and him two or three years ago is he's now having to do it in shittier weather. Yeah, <laughs> like like Demir. For as bad as our wide receivers have been, Demir Bird has always been like our third or fourth best, our third or fourth receiver at best, and he's New England Patriots like number one receiver this year. Yeah, like that's how bad their receiving core is. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about that because, you know, I like Demir Bird. Uh, Yeah, yeah. But he's not a number one NFL (laughs) receiver. He should not be the number one receiver on your roster. He's he's like, he should be like Curtis Samuel is to us. Yeah, like you're three or four. You're three or four, and sometimes you run gadget plays with him and maybe you let him return kicks, but he's not your number one guy. Yeah, he's been waiting. Good. (sighs) They don't even have any tight ends there either. If I'm nope, not like mistaken. Ryan Izzo, yeah. I think is their best tight end. And I'll- yeah, yeah, Demir Bird has been leading them in routes run and target or not and snaps all season. Um, not That's good. Funny, but also sad. It's yes. Um, and Bill Belichick's at the point where like where they're like, "Hey, your team's kind of bad." He's like, "Hey, we we won a lot of Super Bowls, okay." Yeah, I mean, Bill Belichick's <laughs> the only coach who can get away with saying that. But yeah, but like the fact that he's at that point, I think, is a pretty yeah pretty bad. Uh, like he picks pretty bad his spot. hands up off the table and it's just dripping with rings. Like, yeah. what, what else can you say? But um, the other thing about quarterbacks, uh, did did Sean Payton make the right call playing Taysom Hill, or is it just because the Falcons are bad? It's because the Falcons are bad. I think it's a little bit of both. <laughs> he did not yeah. like. He played well, but I don't. He didn't look like a good quarterback in the, I didn't watch the whole game start to finish, of course, but like his process didn't seem great. It was just kind of like, you're playing the Falcons. Yeah. Okay. Um, CSR contributor, Mick Smiley, if you are listening to this, um, <laughs> you might want to just hit mute or fast forward for the next 30 seconds to a minute. Um, Cause I'm going to talk about Taysom Hill and I, you already know what I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> Taysom Hill is he's average like he's not bad but he's also not that good like the the hype around Taysom Hill is way over what you get in return yes and like they treat him like he is um like he's Tom Brady 10 years ago and he's not like he's just he's not now is he good? Kinda. Does he have potential? Yes. With the right offense, could he be a good quarterback? Absolutely. Is he good right now? I don't think he's good enough to start. Uh, I absolutely hate the fact that he plays for the Saints. If he played for any other team, I would probably like him a little bit, other than the media being all over him like they are. Um, but if it were up to me, if I were Sean Payton, I would have started Jameis Winston. Yeah, just he's because more. I think Jameis kind of gets a raw deal because he his mistakes are always hilarious because they're pick sixes most of the time. But Jameis is pretty decent, and that's who I would have. That's who I would have started. Okay, so while we talk about Taysom Hill, I have Red Zone like the recording of Red Zone that I had recorded on in the background while recording this. Uh, Taysom Hill completed like a fifty-yard pass to Emmanuel Sanders, but he underthrew him by so much. That Emmanuel Sanders stopped and ran back to the ball, like was physically was running back towards the line of scrimmage, while the Falcons defender was like 15 yards away because he just kept running like you would expect a player to need. Yeah. Ball. So that's kind of what I'm talking about because that was a completion for like 40 yards, but it was 
he missed the throw by like 18 to 25 yards. Yeah, when I that, saw that, that, play, that, counters, that goes, that supports Brian's point of the Falcons are just bad. Yeah. When I saw that play happen, I was like, I think my immediate response was get this motherfucker out of this game. Like <laughs> he's, it's not to say like, he's not like a Tim Tebow type guy. Like I know we've made that comparison before. I don't think he's as bad as Tim Tebow was as far as being an NFL quarterback, but you can't look at me with a straight face and tell me that that guy is a better starting quarterback than Jameis Winston. You just can't. Yeah. He's, he's got he's got the ability to run the ball well, and I think that what we re- what we're seeing right now is similar to when Joe Webb started for the Vikings out of nowhere, where nobody was expecting that, and the Eagles' defense didn't wasn't expecting that. They really didn't have any film on a a guy like that who hasn't played a full game as a, as an actual starting quarterback, like. I think that's what we saw there was like the Falcons were not prepared for him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I, I think Sean Payton, I think what he's doing, he's going to keep Jameis, but he's trying to trade Taysom Hill in the off season, yes. like a, around draft time to get a quarterback of the future because Drew Brees only has so much mileage left. And I'm the fucking ribs. He has broke, yeah. All of his ribs are broken. He's yes. broken like every rib in his body. And I think I think Sean Payton is trying to just dangle Taysom Hill out there and be like, see, he can win games and yeah. get a third-round pick for him and just let Jameis be the guy for a year or two while they go and find another quarterback. You can theoretically trade up if you get like – if you have like two third-round picks and like you, you package your second-round pick in there. So yeah. I can see it. I could totally see that. I mean, they've been trying to trade him since last year. Let's be reasonable. Let's be real my, here. <laughs> my, my biggest fear is they're going to do this and they're going to steal or not steal because we don't know if the Panthers are even interested in him, but they're going to get Zach Wilson and we're not. Like, that's my biggest fear. You're going to be another BYU guy. Also, yeah, Zach, William, Zach Wilson is going to be a really good quarterback and he is going to be the, the quote Patrick Mahomes of this upcoming draft class. I wouldn't be surprised. Wow, that's quite no, the take. No, he's, he's very good. He is um, very good. Now, I don't think he'll be like NFL MVP, but he will be the unsung hero that turns into the best one out of the group, even though he will be picked later. Because we, we could get him at 10, 11, or 12. Like, I think he's going to be better than Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. That's, <laughs> that, that's tough, but it wouldn't – I mean, he's definitely – there's it's hard to say because there's really really good um also shout out to anybody who or everybody that used Taysom Hill as a tight end in fantasy football this week yeah probably last, chan- last chance you could do it because he's quarterback only now yeah I did it and it was great you got like 26 <laughs> fantasy points as a tight end you love to see it yeah. um uh two quick things uh the Chargers took a safety at the end of their game against the Jets, and it was the worst executed fake safety of all time. Or ex- intentional safety. I actually uh, haven't seen that one. What did they do? So they had a fourth down from their own 28, I think, with about nine seconds left. And so, of course, like, so they did the thing where they snapped it to the punter, and he turned around and just ran backwards. Mm-hmm. And he, I think he he underestimated how long, or he overestimated how long it takes for NFL players to run thirty eight yards. 
because he just ran straight to the back of the end zone and stopped. And he just stood there. And then a, I don't know what Jets player was, but they just ran in full speed and just decked him with one second left on the clock. Has he never like watched the combine where you <laughs> see that people can run 40 yards in less than five seconds? Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was very funny. Um, Cause it's one, it's a player standing still. So they're always a sitting duck and it's also a punter. And he's just yeah. kind of like hunched over, like hugging the football as these jets players come run over. And he's, you can tell, I'm sure he's looking at the clock, like waiting for it to hit zero and it doesn't get to zero in time, so he can't just like step out of bounds. So he just gets clocked. Damn. Um, for with one second left, which it would have been great if that messed up the point spread, but it didn't matter for that. Um, very on brand for the Chargers. Yes, uh, very on brand for the Chargers. Uh, the other quick thing that might have gotten screwed over in that end of that game. Button had what? a thought on it. What'd you say? The Packers might have got screwed over the end of their game against the Colts. Oh. I don't know if you guys saw it for me to um to provide an opinion. The Colts the Colts had third and six and Rivers third and twenty six and Rivers got his arm hit as he was throwing it. And it's one of those things where like you couldn't tell if the ball was loose before his hand started moving forward and it was just like an empty hand that pushed the ball forward or if he actually threw it forward. Uh the Packers ran it back for what would have been a game winning touchdown. But it got called back. It got it overturned, and it was a questionable overturning of a fumble on the field. So they ruled it a fumble and then overturned it with limited evidence. Yes, back I don't believe pass. that the NFL would do that. <laughs> That's what they did. Uh, so the Packers have a reason. Bad. I if you guys, but yeah, shaky call there. Last thing, and this is what Brad was anticipating. Um. I have been long been on the train, even when he was supposed to be an an MVP candidate. That Carson Wentz is actually bad. I was so hoping bad. we were going to talk about this. Oh, and Carson Wentz is yeah. very bad. I am officially <laughs> on the train now. Carson Wentz is bad. <laughs> he threw the like the funniest interception of the season so far. I think. Yes, but that a, was the funniest thing I've seen in a long time. A little pop up, a little pop up to the to the Brown safety. And the, the funniest part about it to me is he's staring at a wide open guy like 10 yards down the field and he just doesn't throw it to him. Yeah, it's like his first read was wide his open and he looked at it. His first read was wide open and he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, I don't like it. Josh it Allen the- would have thrown, like, wouldn't have thrown that interception. I'll throw it to the coverage check down instead. That was Carson so funny. Wentz, Carson Wentz is the new meme quarterback of the NFC East to me. And he's like leading Eagles the used to- kept the wrong guy. And he's leading the uh <laughs> probably. Well they have Jalen Hurts now. Yeah. So maybe they'll maybe that'll be the uh the saving. Yeah, but they there. still could have Jalen Hurts. They would have had Nick Foles, and Nick Foles could like be the guy to lead to I don't Jalen know. Nick Hurts, Foles like- is also bad. Well, he's bad now, yeah. He's only good with the Eagles. <laughs> he's only good yeah. with the Eagles. He's bad everywhere else he's been, but he won a Super Bowl. He just sure won a did. Super Bowl. He made Carson Wentz a lot of fucking money, too, because he pulled off that Super Bowl win. Oh, my God, yes. the the I looked at Car- Carson Wentz's contract a couple of days ago. <laughs> the Eagles cannot get out of this deal until 2022 without – incurring 60 million dollars in dead money yeah they're kind of they cut him right now they have to they have to get 
they have to have sixty million dollars in dead cap space. So Carson Wentz leads the league in interceptions by a significant margin. He has fourteen interceptions through ten games. Jesus, uh, I didn't realize it was that many. Yeah, <laughs> oh my uh, God. he is in second place. Is Kirk Cousins and Drew Locke who are tied at eleven. That somehow doesn't surprise me that Kirk Cousins is number two. <laughs> but not on top of that, he is one behind Derek. He's tied for second in the NFL and most fumbles lost as well. So Carson Wentz has eight. As Carson Wentz is a turnover machine. Yeah, he has eighteen. He has eighteen turnovers in ten games. More like Carson Entz. Am I right, y'all? Yeah, because no yep. W's. <laughs> oh, that's a double joke. <laughs> <laughs> he plays like he plays like Brett without the talent. He plays like who without the talent? Brett Favre. Oh, yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. and Fahey was like, uh, I just saw this tweet right before we started. He's like, Carson Wentz is a slow-processing quarterback, which has always been, but it didn't matter when he was behind a bad offensive line. And now he's a quarterback who processes things very slowly, and he's got a bad offensive line, and it is just a disaster. You can see his tweets? Yeah, he has not blocked me. Oh, wow. I don't ever tweet at anybody, so nobody blocks me. Yeah, John's a very docile, a fairly yeah, docile Twitter person. <laughs> he blocked me when I disagreed with him about Kelvin Benjamin. He turned out to be right, but <laughs> still. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't be able to know, but I've never come across somebody that's blocked me. Of course, to be fair, when I did disagree with him, it was pre-ACL injury. It was when Kelvin Benjamin was actually good. Yeah, but Kelvin Benjamin was always going to become bad, so. Yeah, but. I had to stick <laughs> up for our, our guy. Yeah, you got to stick up for the guy. But, uh, but that, go ahead. No, that was it. I'll stop so we can talk about the Vikings and Panthers real quick. Sure. Well, let's take a break and we'll uh, come back with you to preview the Vikings versus the Panthers this weekend. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. And we're back. So... Excuse me. Welcome back, everybody. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Hey. <laughs> Sorry. Um. So the Panthers come off of a uh, a game against a really sad uh, NFC North team, and they're going to play another sad NFC North team. It's it's going to be fun. I the Vikings are another one of those teams that really fucking puzzle me because, like, I feel like they should be a lot better than they are. Yeah, literally anything can happen in this game. I will not yeah. be surprised with any result. The Vikings, yeah, they're so tough because, they, for one, they've been good for a few years, and it's very hard to get out of your head when they're no longer good. Um, but then 
they started one in five and they lost to like they lost real bad in a few of those games, including to the Falcons. Got killed by the Falcons. And then they won three in a row, including against the Packers. So it's like, oh, maybe they just took some time to figure it out. And then they lost to the Cowboys. So I they are an enigma, to put it nicely. That's I mean Kirk Cousins is the is the face of that franchise, if that makes yeah. sense. Like he is the Vikings in a nutshell, yeah. Yeah, and like, I mean it's one thing we we don't know what's gonna happen because I mean they might be without Adam Thielen. Yeah, and I'm, that changes I, the that changes the game dramatically because if yes, he plays, does. they have a much better chance of winning than if he doesn't. And for those of you who don't know, he is on the COVID nineteen list. He tested positive, and it's a like a positive test. COVID, yeah, like not he, a close he's contact not gonna, or he's probably not going to play Sunday, like because he tested positive. So, and uh, yeah, so they have Kirk Cousins, and then there's somebody else is out too. But yeah, Kirk, we've talked about two of their players already: Kirk Cousins among the league leaders in turnovers, and Justin Jefferson among the league leaders in being good at wide receiver. Uh, so they also like, have Dalvin Cook too. Dalvin, who's yeah, even a really good running back. <laughs> Probably, arguably, the best running back in the NFL without Christian McCaffrey playing most of the season. Yeah. Um, I just, it's so hard because they should be good on paper. Because even without Thielen, like I said, they have a number one wide receiver. They have arguably the best running back in the NFL, and they have whatever Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Cousins, whatever Kirk Cousins <laughs> wants to do. Um, and their defense, I guess, their defense is missing pieces, and their defense has been bad. But it's just they're such a weird team, and they're. They've beaten good teams. They've lost to bad teams. The Panthers have kind of done the same thing. Um, so it could be like the I, either it wouldn't be surprising. Yeah, I, I, could, I won't. I won't be surprised no matter what happens. I could see a thorough domination by either team, or I could see yeah, a close game happening. Like I, I don't really get it. I will say, this is kind of on topic, but also not. But did you guys see the shit about? Uh, the internet reacting to the whole Ngakwe trade? Uh, I did not recently. Where no. they're they're trying to get him in the Pro Bowl? Oh so yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, license yeah, yeah. gets screwed out of a draft pick. Yeah, if if Ngakwe <laughs> if Ngakwe somehow makes it to the Pro Bowl with the Ravens, the undisclosed draft pick goes from a fourth or a fifth round pick to a fourth round pick. So. Not and the just, Vikings still have to give that to Jacksonville because of the previous trade. <clears throat> exactly. And uh so it's not so it's not just like uh it, it's basically the entire NFC North rallying together to fuck over the Lions right now or to fuck over the Vikings right now. And that's <laughs> like, a big fan base between the Bears and the Packers mostly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's so petty because it's a fourth round pick, which probably won't amount to anything. It just shows how petty it is. And I love everything. I love everything about it. If he plays in the Super Bowl, it'll be a third round pick. Well, Well, I don't think we're going to work. I don't think we're going to have to worry about that because the Ravens are kind of cratering right now. Yeah, they're not even in the playoffs at the moment. And they play Pittsburgh on Thanksgiving. So they're probably going to lose again. About that. Um, they're having a bit of a COVID problem. Yeah, but Mark, I mean, both of their Mark, both of their their top two running backs are both out, are both yeah. positive. So, but the league still hasn't said anything about moving the game to Sunday, or nope. or anything. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess they're you just gonna be like, well, it. tough shit, Baltimore. Sorry. 
Yeah. But yeah. Um, anyway, Vikings and Panthers. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater and Christian McCaffrey are both supposed to uh, practice this week, at least in some capacity. Yeah, I have mixed thoughts about Christian McCaffrey. I think they should just put him on injured reserve. Well, they put him on injured reserve. He's out for the year. Yeah, I know. And I think they should just do that. We only have, what? Um, five games left. Or five games, games left. left after um, this week. Yeah, after this week. I mean, they, you know, let him play this week and see how he is. And then we have a bye. Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> and then just put him on IR and let that Rodney Smith guy get carries and see what he can do. Especially I, I if we know. lose. Like if we lose, we're yeah, what four and eight at that point. Mm. Yeah, just you know we're not gonna have a we're not gonna make the playoffs at at, at eight and eight. That's not gonna happen. So just I say just IR him and see what we got. Um. The, the thing about that, it, like, I know it's always easy to say, like, oh, team's not doing great. Just shut this player down. But um, I don't know. Christian McCaffrey wants to play. And if he's able to play, I don't like I don't like telling players they can't for team. I, I know. Yeah, I know. And I would but, like the Panthers games are more fun to watch when he does play. Like, I, I will not argue that. I mean, they it's a lot more fun to watch them play when Christian McCaffrey's out there. Mm hmm. Yeah. What about Teddy Bridgewater? Because I, I enjoyed watching PJ Walker. Yeah. I know Teddy Bridgewater's the guy, but. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is, he's the guy. Like, I think he's the right guy to be, um, especially if we draft a quarterback next year in the first round. Teddy is the perfect guy to start for two years to be a bridge to get a young, like Zach Wilson type guy and let him sit a year and learn behind a veteran learn the offense, put him in there in, in special packages like like Baltimore did with Lamar Jackson, put him in there in games that the outcome has already been decided early, like in, in the fourth quarter or whatever. Um, but Teddy's the guy, he won't be bitter about it. He, he won't um, like hold back information or do other things to sabotage it. He'll be professional. Uh, he'll be good enough to win a, a few games to at least keep fans interested in the team. So I think he's the perfect guy for that, but he is so boring to watch. Play <laughs> football. I mean, I like Teddy Bridgewater. I I'm absolutely positive. He's a great guy. He's a good role model, uh, good in the community, all that kind of stuff. He's probably going to do some of the same things that we saw Cam Newton do at Thanksgiving, Christmas with kids in the area and all that stuff. But I mean, he's so boring. Like it doesn't have <laughs> the arm talent. He literally he does not yeah, have the arm I mean, talent. And I know a couple of weeks ago, I said when he'd made that fourth and 15 play, he's my quarterback. And I still believe that because he is currently <laughs> our quarterback. And I did not mean, and I think I said this in the post game show last week, but I don't mean he's the franchise guy and we should sign him to a, an eight year contract extension or anything like that. I just mean, he's the guy right now, but I will not argue that he is boring. That he's not boring. Cause he is, he is boring. He is like, he is a bowl of oatmeal. Like it will fill you up. It will give you energy, but it is plain and it is boring. PJ Walker is not. He's exciting. 
he's new and new he's is always new. a little bit more exciting. He, he, he will, he will sling it downfield. Now he, he will throw two interceptions in the end zone. Um, and against a team that hasn't quit on their coach, those kind of mistakes can cost you a, a win or, you know, make it a more interesting game. Uh, and like I said, in the, the winner's column on Monday, I'm not mad about those two interceptions because we won 20 to nothing. Like the only thing he did was prevent us from winning either 27 or 34. I I don't know. It's the only thing like that I would like, I would rather see PJ Walker play just because again, it's new. It's exciting. It's more fun down the field. Uh, The only thing is it's against the Vikings. And that's obviously Teddy Bridgewater's old team. Did he did, did he get to play against the Vikings during his run as a starter last year? No, he's never played. I don't think he's played against the Vikings yet. Anybody? I yeah, don't... I think Teddy Bridgewater revenge game needs to be a thing. I'm gonna look it up just to be sure. I don't um, believe it. Ha- I don't believe he has. <clears throat> um, I'm back. Sorry, I, I I got my mic got muted. Yeah, my headset good. got muted. Uh, sorry, I talked over you guys. Uh, no, the, the saints, well, he did in the preseason, but that doesn't really count. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, the saints did not play the Vikings last year. So, okay. That's the only thing. Yeah. They played the bears. So that I would, you know, let, let Teddy play the old, the old team, even though he's very far removed from his time there. Yeah, and it's not like they screwed him over or anything. No. I, mean, I mean, we we thought he would never walk again. So, <laughs> I mean, you know. But the only thing yeah, would I, be cool is if it was in Minnesota. That would, it that would is, you'd have it to is start in him. Minnesota. Oh, yeah, let him start. It's in Minnesota. Let him get the uh, ovation from the crowd and stuff. Yeah, the the whole three thousand fans that'll be there. Oh, they can just pipe in noise. I'm sure Atlanta can <laughs> okay. send them send them the the, the MP3 <laughs> file. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I think I think Teddy should should start against Minnesota because, I mean, it's the Vikings and or hell, just put him in for the like the opening drive and then let PJ play. <laughs> this is probably a shitty take on my part, but I I honestly don't care who's starting. I mean, like, I mean, shitty that's, take. That's not, I yeah, mean, like it's pretty reason- understandable. Probably what most fans think. Yeah. Like to me, like yeah, PJ Walker is a little more exciting to watch just because I don't know what he's got in the tank, but I also know that he is a backup quarterback who was not playing in the league for a reason over the last few years. And I know Teddy Bridgewater is exactly who we think he is and a bridge yeah. quarterback. And I mean I would have been I actually was like kinda like low key hoping they'd like put Will Greer in there last week just because there, there's a reason why they drafted him in the third round, but he hasn't shown it yet. Like, as far as the quarterback position goes, he's the only guy where I'm really like, all right, I want to see what he's got. Like, Teddy, at this point, I know who he is. I really like what he's done. I really like how, I don't know, courageous he's been at times during the season, like when he starts running the ball and stuff like that. Like, he's clearly trying to win the football game every time he goes out there. Um but to me, I'm just like, I don't know, like aside from aside from watching the defense play, just because I really want to I really like Jeremy Chin and I think he's going to be really good. Like to me, there's nothing that really excites me about the offense right now, just because I know what they are with Teddy Bridgewater, P.J. Walker, et cetera. I also just like seeing P.J. Moore be more involved because 
unfairly cast aside a bit with Bridgewater at quarterback because he is our best receiver. And I like when he gets to make plays. I like when all three of our receivers make plays, honestly. like No, I, DJ Moore is the best one to make plays. Okay. I'm sorry, John. I didn't mean to offend you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, I like when I, I like watching all three of the receivers make plays, but like nothing. I mean, I, I kind of already mailed this season in when it came to uh, being excited about any potential prospects. Like, I like I I'm already thoroughly convinced that hiring Matt Rule was the right thing to do. I I like his process. I think his process is going to work out long term. So, like in that respect, I'm kind of already convinced and just like meh. We'll see what happens in these last few games, but for me, yeah, I think Teddy Bridgewater should play just because it's the Vikings and he yeah. deserves that. So what do we have anything else or should we do score predictions? Yeah, I think we can just predict the score. <laughs> That's a t- it's a tough score prediction. It, it is. It's hard. <laughs> it might be the toughest one all season. I think I think I'm gonna hedge and do the same thing I did last week. Oh, the Teddy, and no Teddy. If, if Teddy and if no Teddy, um, but at the same time, I don't think it's gonna matter that much because I think <laughs> the score is gonna be kind of the same either way. Yeah, I think I think it's gonna be Vikings twenty-eight, Panthers twenty. I think the Vikings kind of wake up after they got beat by the Cowboys. I think it's going to be 20 to nothing Vikings because okay. I, think they're, I think their defensive line is going to absolutely destroy no matter whoever the quarterback is playing. Panthers offensive line was, you know, not horrible against the Lions, but the Vikings can really get after a person when they need to. And I think if they get up by, I don't know, say two scores that were fucked in that regard. Yeah, I I tend to agree with Brian in a way. Um but I don't think they'll beat us like 20 to nothing. I think it'll be something like Vikings 24 Panthers 13. That seems fair. Yeah, I think we'll score a touchdown but we're going to we're going to settle for some field goals. And by the, by the way, uh the Vikings are have 19 sacks this season. They're yeah. 19th in the league. They're not. They don't have the pass rush they used to. They don't. But did you watch that Bears game? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's the Bears though. Like the uh, Bears. I, I guess, but it it kind of. <laughs> I I don't I don't view the Bears offensive line as that much worse. It's as pretty the bad. Panthers. Yeah, I yeah, mean, there's two things awful. to look at. Like our offensive line is bad. And how mobile is Teddy Bridgewater going to be if he plays? Because he is coming off an MCL sprain. In like his a, knee. So, I mean, how is he going to be able to escape pressure? Yeah, well, the Cowboys offensive line isn't great either. And they only got to Andy Dalton once. So that is that's true. Fair. That's, that's fair. Yeah. Andy Dalton's also not Mr. Mobile. I mean, he's decently athletic, but he's not a guy that's going to run around and avoid a bunch of free pass rushers. I mean, he's basically Kirk Cousins, so, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, he's there's like, no... He's like great value brand Kirk Cousins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pretty much. I don't know. He Honestly, like, I think if you gave them equal situations, I don't know if, if Kirk Cousins is any better than Andy Dalton. 
I honestly, I think if you put Andy Dalton in an offense like ours with somebody like Joe Brady, Andy Dalton would pre would be pretty good. I think Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. No matter what team you put him on, you're going to yeah. get the same result. I mean, Joe Brady had like check down te- people thinking that check down Teddy was not check down Teddy anymore. Yeah. So. And I think- Andy Dalton was never like that with the Bengals. So no, Andy yeah. Dalton was actually pretty good with the Bengals. He just never could win a playoff game. Which is more of a Bengals problem. Which than is Andy more Dalton of a player. Bengals Marvin Lewis thing than an Andy <laughs> Dalton thing. Yeah. Yeah, he's always kind of gotten a raw deal. Do you really think the Vikings will shut the Panthers out? Even if their passage was good though. I mean, it's like it's the Vikings. They're I mean, they're what, five and seven? Or no, not they didn't play that many games. They're what, four and seven. Four and six. Seven? Yeah. Yeah. The Vikings are 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 um Detroit but have actually been to the playoffs. Like that's the only <laughs> difference between those two franchises. Yeah, they're basically the same team this year, but the Lions have the uh like the they both have the reputation like residual reputation from previous seasons where the Lions are still expected to be bad and the Vikings are still expected to be good even though they're kind of the same team this year. Yeah. The only difference is the Lions or the Vikings haven't quit on their coach. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody they'd be scared to quit on Mike Zimmer. Yeah, I would be. That dude looks terrifying. <laughs> I just think the Vikings are going to ride Dalvin Cook and run him down our throats. And that, I yeah, do that think that's going to happen for sure. Dalvin Cook is going to score the majority of their points. And I think that their defense is better than statistically they are given credit for. And uh, you can almost injuries. you can almost put money on a Justin Jefferson long touchdown. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. like that's going to happen too. So bet on that. You can pretty confidently put your money on that. Gonna like a Justin Jefferson, yeah, touchdown of more than thirty yards. Yeah, yep. like yeah. If you if you do DraftKings or FanDuel, you might want to put Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson on your team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't You're know. You're not I responsible also... if you lose. Just disclaimer. <laughs> this is, do not discl- Do not take this this particular broadcast as financial advice or betting advice. This is simply an opinion based podcast. It is, and, it is entertainment. Yes, we are, we are here to entertain, not to advise. So anyway, um, yeah. I mean, I, I also just kind of feel like the whole shutting out the the Lions thing is going to kind of like go back the other to the other side on the pendulum and the Panthers are going to get fucked on Sunday. <laughs> it would be funny as shit if we lost 20 to nothing though. That would be yeah. so funny. It would be yeah. funny. <laughs> <laughs> so anything else we want to cover as far as, uh, I'm, good. Panthers? Huh? I'm, I'm out of things to talk about. I'm, I'm out of things to say too. All right. Well, well happy Thanksgiving. Yes. Happy yes. Thanksgiving to you all. Stay safe. Stay safe. Hopefully you're if you're gonna go to Thanksgiving, you're keeping it, you know keeping it down to a, a finite number of people and all that jazz. But anyway, stay safe, enjoy. We'll talk to you about the Vikings and Panthers next week. And uh yeah. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. See you. Later. <laughs>